I-75 northbound after 14 Mile Road, there is an accident on the right shoulder. I-75 southbound after Sashaba, a medical emergency has cleared from the right shoulder. And traffic still slowing as you make your way along I-75 southbound between 14 Mile and 11 Mile Roads. I'm Peggy Hodge, WQJR Traffic and Weather First. We've got some serious cold coming our way later this week. Talking about highs in the 20s by Friday, lows down in the teens, and the potential for rain, snow, and ice Wednesday night and Thursday morning here in Detroit. 32 degrees are low tonight, partly cloudy, windy on Tuesday, high 38. Storm system approaches midweek with a rain-snow mix Wednesday, high 36, low 30. I'm Scott Laurie, more at the Weather Channel on News Talk 760 WJR. Time for the WJR Sportsbook? You bet. Sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Now here are your hosts, Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. And here we go. Yet another installment of the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. Thank you very much, as always, for setting some time aside on your Monday night uh, to join us. My name is Steve. Hey, what's up? It's Jamie. What's going on? I just, I really appreciate coming to the Fisher Building. It's beautiful walking into this show. It's a uh, nice building to come to work, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it looks really nice. It looks spectacular. That's all I'm going to say about it. It looks nice. There's some things going on, but look. It's uh, an old building. Give her a break. It is. It is. But uh, it is, I'm going to agree with you. It's a great place to come to work every once in a while. (laughs) And we are face-to-face. Hi, it's so nice to see you. Yes, here we are after uh, last week's uh, Super Bowl. And I'll tell you what, uh, you do go through a little bit of a withdrawal. This weekend was a little weird. It was crazy. Yeah. Oh, who's playing the 8 o'clock game tonight? Oh, it's over. Um, But listen, uh, partner, it was a week ago. We did what we do and uh, get home and literally... All hell breaks loose. I don't. I don't even have words to say what happened. It was heartbreaking. I'm still heartbroken. I think about the families. I think about those students who weren't doing anything wrong. They weren't partying. They weren't driving too fast. And an accident happened. They were going to class. They were working in the student union, and this happened. Well, and therein lies the problem in our country. And listen, this is a sports show, so I am not going to climb on a soapbox. Um, to deliver things that you've heard time and time and time and time and time and time again uh, with the mass shootings at uh, schools and other places that we've gone through in this great nation. Um, But again, uh, there you are sitting in the recliner on a Monday night and the notifications are going off left and right. And uh, we did touch on this during the album show that uh, social media being what it is, there was a lot, a lot of inaccurate information, unfortunately. In this day and age, there are a lot of places to get information that are not from journalists. And I think Channel 4 did an excellent job with reporting the facts only in a sensitive way. And, you know, we saw all those things on Twitter, but they didn't report them because they weren't substantiated. Well, and uh, when all is said and done, uh, at the end, three innocent lives uh, who had great, great plans for their future. Uh, Their lives were taken uh, needlessly, senselessly. Um, 
There were uh, five uh, wounded. Um, some are making progress. Um, two remain in critical condition. Uh, three have uh, had their conditions improve. And uh, obviously, our thoughts and prayers continue and will continue to be with everyone involved in this very unfortunate incident. And you know what? It, it hits pretty close to home. It's getting closer yes, it and closer. And if you're a Michigan State alum, you know that building, you know the union. If you just live in Lansing, you know where that is. So once it becomes familiar to you, these places, then I think it, it even hurts more. It hits closer to home, like I said. I just, I'm so affected by yet another incident like this. Well, and uh, here's the honest to goodness truth. And I said this uh, during Mitch's show. You know, I love the United States of America. Could not imagine, wouldn't want to be anywhere else. But at the same time, you know, here we are. The only nation in the world where people go to school. Children, they go to their place of... Children yes, go to school. It's just children crazy. go to school. Now college-age kids go to school. Uh, you go to the grocery store. You go uh, you to the go movie to your, theater. Uh, your you place of business. You go to the mall. You anywhere. go anywhere. And you're thinking, how do I get out if somebody opens fire? Do you look for exits? I look for exits now. How I would get out. I don't think I look for exits, James, but I tell you what I do do is, is I am a lot more aware of my surroundings. And you know me. Do I appear to be a guy that ever cared what the hell was going on around him? But now I am. I, I'm a little more cognizant of what is happening around me. And, and for me to say something like that is something. Um, but, uh, you know, as it applies to athletics for all the right reasons, you know, sports at Michigan State uh, halted as the grieving process continued. And the game with the Spartans and Golden Gophers of Minnesota last Wednesday night at the Brunson Center was postponed. Then the decision was made to restart uh, athletic activity this weekend. That included Tom Izzo and the basketball Spartans going into Ann Arbor uh, for the how you doing with Jawan Howard and the Wolverines. And, you know, in my career, I was at Michigan for eight years, uh, sideline reporter back in the day. Still have a lot of good friends in Ann Arbor. Uh, long relationship, obviously, with Michigan State. And, you know, to witness what went down in Ann Arbor with two, call it what it is, heated rivals was just heartwarming, to say the very least. I thought Michigan did a wonderful job with embracing the Spartans. And that started with that candlelight vigil during the week. Did you see mm -hmm. how many Michigan students yes. came out in silence? And then when the game started, and I always think sports – brings us back, brings us together and brings us back. I mean, when you think of George Bush throwing the first pitch after 9-11 and, Certainly. you know, after things happen here, it just, it was very nice. The green lights, the signage that the students make. My favorite was little crossed out, love you, brother, was my favorite sign I saw. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, I thought Michigan um, did a wonderful job. Uh, their pep band uh, learning the uh, Michigan State alma mater, Shadows, a beautiful song. Yeah. And they played it to a T. Uh, the giant banner, Spartan Strong. And I think, you know, obviously, and it's a wonderful rivalry. 
there's no doubt about it. But I think when a college kid sees another college kid go through what Michigan State youngsters went through, there's a bond there. Yeah. Because you do the same thing Monday through Friday or whatever your academic schedule is, and you're doing the same damn thing, trying to get your education to fulfill the goals that you have set for yourself. It's been going on forever. Yeah, and that's what I think. I think it resonated with Michigan college students. Just anyone in the state of Michigan who goes to college could feel affected by all this, thinking, oh, I go to a classroom that's like that classroom. And uh, obviously Tom Izzo had nothing but great things to say about the outpouring of support from those at Michigan. I'd like to thank uh, University of Michigan for the things they did on our behalf from our university, our students, um, the three deceased students, the ones that are in the hospital. And uh, I thought it was a very classy uh, move on their part, and I appreciated that. Coach would go on to say. All in all, uh, we played the game for two hours. and played the game to try to make Many people back in East Lansing and around the world that are Michigan State alums escape for two hours and try to enjoy the moment. And I thought, for the most part, we did our part. They just did it a little better. And we did not play a very good last two minutes. Well, and having known Tom a little bit, uh, no, he wasn't happy with the outcome. Uh, Michigan puts up the, uh, the final 12 points. On their way to that 84-72 win, uh, Doug McDaniel, uh, 18 points for the Wolverines. Joey Hauser, a ball game, 20 points uh, for Michigan State. But uh, the thing about Tom is, while he didn't uh, particularly enjoy the outcome, he was very proud of his team uh, for going out and putting forth the effort they did under crazy circumstances. Um, and, uh, you know, here's a guy that doesn't throw around praise all that often, especially when he's talking about his team. Yeah. I mean, even when they win big, he's like, you know, we got to watch the film. Didn't love the way this or that looked. So yeah, that's true. He, he's been great all week too. When he came to the vigil at Michigan state and he talked for a long time, I just think he is Michigan state. And that's what he said in his, in his, um, speech Mm -hmm. that he isn't a Michigan state you know, alum, but he lives Michigan State. Well, and his son, Stephen, yeah. you know, to take it a step further, uh, was around the scene of the tragedy right. uh, for a while. And you start to think as a parent what could have been. And it's scary. Yeah. It really is. So Tom is a, let's just call him what he is. He is the face of Michigan State in his 28th year 100%, on the bench. 100% because... It's an interim president, am I right? Yes. Okay, so people don't really know who she is. Um, Who else is there? It's him. That's who the students wanted to hear from, and that's what he gave them, and I thought he did a great job all week long. When it comes to the game, suspend all of that. It's a very enjoyable basketball game, I thought. Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, uh, kudos to uh, Ward Manuel, Michigan AD, uh, and everybody that had a hand in uh, putting this show of support together because I won't forget it for a while. I know Tom won't. And, uh, you know, but rest assured, uh, the rivalry remains intact. But I think it's just taken on a, uh, a more humane dimension. 
Well, because there's things bigger than basketball. Right. So then when something big happens, you're kind of like, who cares about someone's stat line? Uh, by the way, uh, Michigan State will have a chance, pun intended, to uh, rebound in fine fashion. They get number 17, Indiana, 9 o'clock tomorrow night at the Breslin Center. Uh, we'll have it for you. Our broadcast time getting underway at 8. It was back on January 22nd in Bloomington. Uh, the Hoosiers knocked off the Spartans 82-69. Indiana playing some ball. They have won 9 of their last 11. As far as Michigan goes, uh, no easy shake here. They go to Rutgers to face the Scarlet Knights. That will be 8.30 on Thursday night. Rutgers 17-10, and 9-7 in conference play. More to discuss with you as we continue with the sports book here on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. All right, the show rolls on. Nice to have you with us here on the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. Steve and Jamie. And Jamie, a nice surprise for Blake, and he is our only staff member on the premises here, (laughs) baked goods for the occasion. You're welcome. He doesn't like Punchki, so I thought cupcakes. It's true. I'm trying to watch my figure. Uh, this show is put together by our fine producer, Nick Roddy, uh, who joins us. I'm on my way in if there's baked goods. In the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was there uh, cupcakes and, and Cupcakes what? and cookies. Wow. Oh, Good for go you, Blake. Get a cookie. Oh, Blake's hitting it yeah, big early day and often. Big day for me. <laughs> While saying he's not a Punchki guy, of course, Fat Tuesday tomorrow. Uh, I still have the over-under on Blake and Punchki at three. That's well, if I'm he doesn't like them, I'm well, going so under. so he says. I legitimately, I don't, I think I've had one Punchki in my entire life. Is it any different than a jelly donut? No. Like, do you I don't, like I don't donut? like jelly at all. Yeah, but they make them with all yeah, kinds of filling. Do they yeah, have like a cream-filled one? one? Yes, yes. I don't yeah. like custard. I don't like the consistency. Well, listen to me, fella. I don't know how long ago you had that punchki, but chances are better than not, it's still with you. <laughs> You're not wrong. Very, very heavy. Uh, now, here's the deal. Uh, over the weekend in Salt Lake City, the uh, NBA had their all-star festivities. And I got to tell you, have we gotten to the point now where enough is enough? I just enough? yawned today, but that was meant for the game yesterday. Uh, Team Giannis wins a thriller over Team LeBron, 184-175. What was the over-under, Blake? Blake? I, I, I'm taking a, a mental break from gambling besides the bet that I lost on Michigan-Michigan State. Okay. All right. But besides that, I'm out of the game right now. Okay. You know what, though? Just step away for a little bit. Do a little regroup. Well, we got to evaluate. It's now we're, we're approaching March. It's oh, time to evaluate. He's got to save up for those guys. Uh, <laughs> Nick, as a former high school basketball coach, you enjoy hoops. Uh, what does the NBA All-Star Game, as it lies, do for you? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch a single second of the game. I, mean, I caught some of the dunk contest, which was kind of the stole the weekend with, uh, was it Mac McClung? When, when the the dunk guy. Yeah. But nice dunk stuff. I was looking at the box score and how do they determine who gets the ball and who gets to shoot more in these all-star games? Jason Tatum had 55 points and some right. other guys have like three. Like, <laughs> How does, how, how does that happen? 
Well, you know what? It took the NFL a long time to understand that the Pro Bowl is just a stupid exhibition uh, of, of very little interest. Now, I don't know if Commissioner Silver is paying attention to social media, and I understand social media is what it is, but the NBA All-Star Game just took a beating for all the right reasons. There is no real redeeming reason to tune into that thing. No. No. I mean, who wants to watch them just go back and forth shooting? That's all it is. There's no defense. There's no zero plays. There's no, it's no game. So I have a question for you. Which league do you think is putting out the best all-star product? Baseball. Simple. Because it's the only all-star product that is played the way the game should be played. And Major League Baseball tried to incentivize it with, you know, American League, National League, you win it, you get home field advantage for the World Series, which I thought was cool. Um, But I'll watch the Major League Baseball All-Star game. And they have the best, like, other thing. Like, the Home Run Derby is the best. It's great. Just see guys watch hit dingers all day. That's awesome. Well, and they've tweaked it to put it on a clock, and I enjoy that. But I will watch the Midsummer Classic. Right. You know, the NHL's all-star game. There's I think no NHL defense. is second because yeah. I like the three-on-three. I, I like that, too. And I like the uh, skills competition. We discussed that probably last week on the show. Um, and there's uh, – did I appreciate uh, knocking surfboards over with pucks? I don't know. you got to do what you got to do. But, you know, um, as far as the NFL Pro Bowl goes, I'm glad they did away with it. Me, too. And so their, you know, skills stuff they did, that was kind of fun. But then I would put NBA last. Dead last. I think NFL's last. Well, even with the uh, flag yeah. football game? Yeah. Okay. Well, none of them are really good besides No, they're baseball. all pretty bad. Yeah. Well, one thing certainly came out of the all-star festivities in Salt Lake City, and that is the legendary Charles Barkley, quite frankly, not a big fan of Salt Lake City. <laughs> These people going to heaven up this way. Ain't nothing to do with this boring ass city. Now it's boring. <laughs> boring. Ain't nothing yeah, to do with it. Was great. You just it's a great, great city. No, great. you just hey, was like, These people, oh, ladies, hey, this I, I great. Did. It's, it's, a great it's a great city, but ain't nothing to do with it. These people all going to heaven. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've never ate so much room service in my life. Can't smoke, can't drink. <laughs> These people going to heaven. <laughs> Where they going? They going to heaven. We get you one week. Yeah, so the uh, Chamber of Commerce folk in Salt Lake City, they won't be asking for any of that tape. What is the opposite of what they were looking for? Goodwill? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. I didn't hear that. Yeah, he uh, was uh, not amused. And uh, then we had uh, Vincent Goodwill on the album show from Yahoo Sports, and he kind of echoed the sentiments. I guess everything in Salt Lake City closed at, like, 4. Well, they have different religious rules yes they do so you know my question is you know you're going there you know what the uh, temperature of the room is do you plan ahead (laughs) do you you have the case of beer in the hotel or or your trunk well i know when i watch the real housewives of salt lake city they have a lot of house parties so yes you can stock up are you allowed in the privacy of your own home to have yes okay if you're not part of that religious kind of television are you watching okay so i love sports but also pop culture and the housewives so sue me okay no no no, i'm not i'm i'm a big fan of the challenge and like 
the old school real world. MTV's but. The Challenge is also, if you listen to Bill Simmons, that's like the fifth. It's the fifth best. major sport. Yeah. But my yeah. question is, and, and, you know, because I, I just don't know, and this is a legitimate question, I think, but how many different real housewives are there? I mean, there's See, Atlanta, New there's York. New Jersey, New York, Salt Lake City, Miami, Potomac. <laughs> what about Boise? <laughs> anyway, so if you want to start a, a Bravo Show, call me. Well, uh, listen, all I'm going to say is this. All right, the All-Star game is over. Thank God. Uh, The Pistons, by the way, they're 15 and 44. Uh, They will get the second part of their season going on in Orlando, 7 o'clock on Thursday night. The uh, Detroiters, well, what do you know? Uh, They have lost two in a row. And sadly, I read today, there seems to be growing sentiment that maybe uh, Mr. Gorris, Pistons owner, Tom Gorris, is going to maybe go in a different direction from Dwayne Casey after this season. I mean, we talked about it for weeks. I could see that happening, which is a shame because he is a nice man, but maybe some new blood. Well, you know, uh, I would hate to see it. Right. I know for a fact he's got the intellect to do what he's doing. Um, he's got the heart. Um, does the fact that they've been through a rebuild for – 17 years have anything to do with anything? Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to give the dude one year. Yeah. I, you know, Troy Weaver's bringing in the players. He is. And Troy has had pretty damn good drafts. Uh, he's made some uh, pretty good free agent deals. But it takes time. And then you got Kate Cunningham that goes out relatively early for the duration. That's got to account for something. Right. You know, so... And nobody knows that. And then they that. just traded Sadiq, who was uh, scoring. <laughs> like the way he played, but there's a method to the madness. But nobody knows more about what we're talking about and the importance of winning than Dwayne Casey. I know. I like so, him as a, as a man. We'll see. All right, folks, it's the uh, sports book here on 760 WJR. All right, folks, spring training for your Detroit Tigers in full effect down there in Lakeland, FLA, only a matter of time before they come north in the 2023 Detroit Tigers season underway. You know, Jane, it was at this time last year, we were all super pumped Mm. for the upcoming Tigers season. You've got A.J. Hinch coming out and saying, of course, we've got goals. We'd like to uh, win the division, become eligible for the postseason. And and by golly, that's what we're that's what we're shooting for. Yeah, I went to spring training, and then I came back and wrote an article for Click on Detroit that was like, I'm very excited for the Tigers season, and here's why. So that did not age well. No, Tigers end up going 66-96, and 96, 26 games behind Cleveland uh, for the uh, top spot in the uh, Central Division there. It didn't pan out. Well, changes have been made. Let's talk about it all. Happy to have with us Mr. Jason Beck, MLB.com. Jason, how are you? Good. How are you two? Everything is well. Um, yeah, a lot of excitement a year ago there, Jace. And uh, at the end of the day, Al Avila uh, is booted uh, from his position. Uh, we get Scott Harris. And Scott Harris, clearly, Jason, uh, comes with a nice resume. Uh, I like what he's done uh, to the roster right now. And maybe without oversimplifying things, Jace, as we begin our conversation, the Tigers still have a plethora of great young arms on the hill, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of surprising that with all the injuries they've taken on the pitching side, there's still, you know, an abundance of young arms, both guys competing for big league spots right now and guys that are on the horizon. Um, I think that's a credit in part to Dave Rebus and what the you know pitching department has done on the instructional side, especially with pitch design but also what guys have done to emerge from maybe some unexpected places. Like a year ago, we really weren't thinking much about Bo Brisky making an impact. And, you know, a lot of people hadn't heard of Garrett Hill and they ended up making contributions at the big league level. We always, we all thought of Wilmer Flores as a giant's first baseman. We didn't even think about the brother being a hard throwing Tigers right-hander who might be on the horizon. So it's, you know, even with Casey Mize likely out for the year and Tarek Scobo out for at least the start of the year, you know, there's some guys here, you know, you're curious what Matt Manning can do with a full season, which he has not been blessed to have yet. Uh, you know, you're, you're curious to see what Spencer Turnbull can do coming back from Tommy John surgery. Now Spencer's going on 30 now, so he's not quite in that same youth category, but it seems like he's still relatively fresh. And, uh, you know, the pitching should still be the strength of this ball club, I think, easily. And if things go right, knock on wood, they didn't go right last year, but if things go relatively right, there should still be a fairly effective rotation that should give them a chance to win some ball games if you know if they can get you know a modicum of offense. No big free agents were brought in in the offseason. And Scott Harris said, I think today, that they're just looking to play competitive baseball for as long as they can. Are fans going to have to endure sort of a tough season, do you think? I think it, it's it's kind of a, a proven grounds time for this offense. Um, yeah, they, they did not bring back veterans. You know, Scott Harris has explained it again today, and he's explained it before that, they want to give some of these young guys an opportunity. I, I think there's a little bit of a discovery process going on here for Scott in terms of he's got to figure out what they have offensively to, to figure out you know where they have some solutions long-term and where he might have some holes to plug. Uh, so that means giving shots to guys like Nick Maton, who they got in the Gregory Soto trade, but also, you know, Ryan Kreidler, who we've heard for a couple of years now, and they got to figure out. Uh, it's a big prove-it season for Spencer Torkelson after a rough 2022. Um, they got to figure out where Riley Green fits in this lineup. I think everybody agrees that there's a long-term fit here, but is he a leadoff guy or is he somebody that you would like to count on towards the middle of the order? Um, you know, Akil Badu, is he somebody who fits long-term? Kerry Carpenter, you know, the power's intriguing. Right. Can he do it over the course of a full season? Um, you know, even going beyond that to some other guys, you know, Jake Rogers, missed all last year with Tommy John surgery. Can he compliment Eric Haas behind the plate? Uh, are those guys going to be good enough to fill that catching spot? Can Dylan Dingler take the next step in his career and join that catching mix. Um, you know, there are a lot, a ton of questions, honestly, with, with the offense, even beyond looking at some veterans who you would like to see bounce back seasons from. Um, Let me. Uh, they, they've got to figure out who they've got. 
You speak offensively, uh, Jason, and obviously going into last year, uh, the Tigers drop a dime on shortstop Javi Baez. Uh, rather disappointing, 238 average, 17 home runs, 67 RBI. Uh, flashed at times a decent glove, sometimes not so much. Was last season for Javi Baez an enigma? And can the Tigers, and more importantly, Tiger fans, look for improvement from him on a day-in, day-out basis? Well, you know, there was a little bit of improvement over the second half. You know, he had some good underlying metrics. He was a fairly effective hitter. The swing and miss, honestly, is probably always going to be there. You know, it's it's a matter of how much and how dramatic that that's, that strikeout rate is going to be. Um, if he can get it under control relatively, you can live with that. Um, he's never going to be, I don't think anyways, this ideal dominate the strike zone type of hitter that Scott Harris and AJ Hinch have preached about. That, that's just, it's never really been his game. Uh, but if he can hit for hard contact and even not even high home run totals, but slash the gaps for extra base hits, doubles, triples, run the bases effectively and give you good solid defense, you can live with that. Um, but it's an intriguing year for Javi, too, because he has an opt-out at the end of the season. And unlike when he was on the free agent market a year ago, it is not a deep shortstop market going into next offseason. So if he has a good bounce-back year, it might be tempting for him to go back on the free agent market and see what he can get. Jason, you wrote an article on MLB.com about Miguel Cabrera not wanting the attention in his final season, but he's mm. going to get it regardless. I mean, is it going to be kind of like the Tom Brady farewell tour every stadium he goes to, do you think? I think so. I think you're going to see a lot of, I don't know what you get a guy like Miguel with 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, and, you know, varied interests, but I, I think we're going to see what, what different cities give him. I I imagine it's going to be like the Albert Pujols retirement tour uh, last year and what other future Hall of Famers have gone through over the years. But, yeah, it's, you know, whether he likes it or not, he's going to get it. I, I think a lot of cities are going to, you know, show their appreciation. Some cities are going to appreciate just him going away and not haunting them anymore. I imagine Kansas City could throw a parade for him for, with what he's done there over the years. But, um, yeah, it's <laughs> – He's going to be the center of attention, especially for a team that is not expected to contend, you know, and, and has a lot of young names that are famous at this point. You know, he's, he's the center of attention. And, you know, it's, I think he wants to be a mentor to younger guys, but I think what he's going to find out, and he's seen it before with the milestones, is that the younger guys rally around him when they see the attention he gets for these milestones. He's where a ton of these young guys could only dream of being and will dream of becoming. So it's, you know, how he handles himself, how he cares himself is going to be watched closely by a lot of these young Tigers. Speaking, Jason, of being watched closely, uh, there are three uh, major rules changes coming to Major League Baseball uh, this year. The one I need your comment on, because we've had debate after debate after debate uh, here at the station, uh, the pitch timer. Uh, and just quickly here, a pitcher must begin his motion before the expiration of the 15-second timer or 20 seconds with at least one runner on base. 
There will also be a 30-second clock for pitchers between batters. That's just the beginning, Jason. I mean, you've been around this great game of baseball for a while. Uh, what do you think the end game is of this pitch timer? Is there an opportunity for it to go completely sideways? I think, it, you know, you could see a rough start to it. I think as veteran players adjust. But I've seen in the minor leagues, and I've seen minor leaguers and highly touted prospects adjust to it. And once you make the adjustment, it generally creates a free-flowing, fast-paced, faster-paced game. Um, I, you end up with games that ideally go well below three hours in, in game time, and it feels like it's not particularly forced if things go right. Now, I'm not expecting everything to go right the first couple of months. I, I do expect that you will see violations. You will see some guys, you know, mainly veterans who are uncomfortable with it. But having seen it in the minor leagues, you really, you know, once you get adjusted to it, it doesn't feel very obtrusive at all. And the, the pace of game that results, you, you sense a real difference. And it, it doesn't feel like, a huge break from tradition. I just want to know what, how is Lakeland? I'm not going this year. I won't be hitting up the Applebee's or the Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> What's the vibe? Um, it's you know I haven't gotten out a ton yet. Well, there aren't I, many I, places. I, I, I have hit Ford's Garage for burgers twice already in in a week. So. You know, I've got that going for me. Um, you know, it's there. It's a good vibe. There's a lot of intrigue over what this team is going to look like, um, and I, I, I think too. There's, you know, there's always a welcome when the Tigers come back into town. It's, it's a big opportunity for the city to welcome a decent number of, you know, a, a large amount of fans back into town. Uh, I, I think it'll pick up more so. In a, in a week, you know, probably this coming weekend when the games begin. But I have been pleasantly surprised by the number of fans who have shown up even just to watch workouts. Um, granted, you know, a fair number of them are, are autograph people. But even beyond that, you see fans who come down here every year and they're back down here again just to watch this team. And I think to get to know some of the new faces because that's what they do every year. And I think even a down season has not interrupted those rituals for a lot of people. So I, I will be intrigued to see what the crowds are like for spring training games. Um, you know, especially after some bigger name players leave for the world baseball classic, but I get the sense that there's still a level of anticipation and excitement down here for it. All right, Jason, thank you so very much for your time. Always appreciate it. We'll, we'll check in with you once this uh, season gets underway. Get your thoughts. Absolutely. Anytime. It, it always love talking baseball. Thank All you. right. Thank you so much. Jason Beck, MLB.com. And let me just say this. I'll point this out. It sounds like Jason is much more at home in 
Lakeland than Charles Barkley was in Salt Lake City. Yes. Yes. Charles Barkley did not enjoy Salt Lake City. Didn't. You know what? I took a dig right there at Lakeland, but the Applebee's was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much sums up Applebee's, doesn't it? Get the Oreo shake down there. Oh, man, I don't even know what we got. We ended up doing our work. Like, after we shoot everything with cameras, we have to, like, edit on a little laptop and put a story together. We did that all at the Applebee's. Well, let me just say this. That was the Wi-Fi. If for whatever reason we have to go to Salt Lake City, dog, you know me, I'll be prepared. You're going to pack heavy. <laughs> Very. We'll be taking you to carry on. <laughs> uh, we'll be checking your bag, I should say. Oh, yeah. Stick around. We'll uh, close out this edition of the Sportsbook coming up here on WJR. You know, Jamie, we just couldn't leave this particular episode without talking about uh, our beloved winged wheelers. Uh, potentially a little something-something in the works, huh? Red Wings uh, coming off the 4-2 loss in Seattle against the Kraken on Saturday night. I still I think that's one of the great nicknames in all of sports. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, the Wings had won five straight going into that tilt. Right now, the Red Wings 3-1 and one on the road trip. That is going to end in our nation's capital tomorrow night against the uh, Capitals. That'll be a 7 o'clock start. By the way, the Caps have hit a, a little rough spot here. They have lost four in a row. Uh, they are without their captain, Alex Ovechkin. He is away following the unfortunate passing of his father. But, Jamie, when you look at the wild card situation, Pittsburgh, your Penguins, 63 points. They got the top spot. Number two, that would be the New York Islanders, also with 63 points. The uh, Capitals, the Florida Panthers, uh, they have 62 points. The Sabres have 60 points, and so do the winged wheelers. I mean, good for them. They went on a five. Well, they went on a, a one, let's see, one, two, three, four. Okay, so they're on this road trip, and they did really well. Five straight games in a row, swept Western Canada. This is what they had to do to yeah. try and get in the playoffs. I think it's fun. At least make it fun. Well, you know what? I think it's uh, going to I, – I think – you know, watching, and I'm going to start watching more intently now that the uh, NFL is over. Um, give them their just due. But I think Derek Lalonde has them positioned a little bit better. Because remember, at this time last year, they were still in the wild card conversation, and then boom, yeah, and things went south. Went off the rails. I don't think this club is going to see that. I think they're going to be competitive till the end. They just need to keep winning. And we discussed it on this program probably last week. Bust out a five, six, seven game win streak. Right. And then they did. And I think their number one goalie, Billy Huso, is sort of settling in in his role with the Red Wings. Dylan Larkin wants that contract and he has been on fire. It's a recipe for some success. I like it. Still going to be interesting to see how the whole Dylan Larkin thing plays out. Again, for the life of me, cannot imagine the two going their separate ways. I don't see it. I just don't. How great would a playoff team be, though? In this oh, town? my God. Well, you know what? I'd be, be so happy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know what, though, Blake? I'll go as far as to say that this that hockey town got spoiled. Yeah. Well, yeah, 25 straight years you make the postseason. And it became, okay, well, you know, wings are in the but playoffs. But at the end of that streak, they weren't even that good or making any power moves in the playoffs. It was just about the streak. Right. That was the latter part yeah. of uh, Kenny Holland's run. And a lot of respect for Kenny Holland and, you know, what he did while he was here. Uh, but then it got to a point where Red Wings fans really wouldn't even 
follow him in the first round. Right. Well, we'll see what happens after this. Right. And that's what happens when you became as successful as they did. But this is like in life. To appreciate things, you got to go through some dark times. So there have been some dark hockey times oh, yeah. here in Hockey Town, and like bring them back. This is fun. Well, and I think uh, they get to the postseason. That automatically justifies the Iserman method here. Yeah, because it it's vindication. Yeah. All right, folks, uh, that is going to do it. Nick, thanks for joining us, lad. For sure. Thanks, guys. Job well done as always, Blake. Much appreciated, as always, my friend. Jamie, I guess uh, we've been invited back next Monday to break it down. Okay. Watch Full Swing on Netflix. We'll talk about it next week. I'm going to. Okay. I am going to. I've got that in my to-do list, and it's a done deal. Thanks for listening to the Sportsbook here on WJR.